0: Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, videomaker, Oakland native, and a free speech defender. I'm also a huge history nerd. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day I'm going to share some of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's dig into today's stories with a trigger warning for the details of a massacre. It's 365 with MXM Tune every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. That Today, in 2010, Liu Xiaobo was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. But it wasn't a regular awarding of the Nobel. Liu Xiaobo was imprisoned in China. But let's reverse, because there's a long story behind that. Liao was born on December 28, 1955 in Changchun in the Jilin province. His parents were intellectuals. His father was a professor and his mother worked at a nursery school. He had four baby brothers and he was a middle child. After Liao finished middle school, he was sent to work on a farm. He managed to keep learning while working on the farm and was able to go to university in Jilin in 1977. He enrolled in the literature program and was quickly active amongst his fellow writing students. Starting a poetry group called The Innocent Hearts with six classmates, he graduated in 1982 with a degree in literature and went on to pursue his graduate studies at the Beijing Normal University. He got his master's there and graduated in 1984 and went on to become a lecturer at the university. He kept up with academia, going into a doctorate program. He also started publishing articles in magazines. He frequently spoke out against the establishment and official doctrines and became known for his critical commentary. He shocked thinkers in both the literary and political communities, and he became influential in political circles. The effect of his writings was known as the Liu Xiaobo shock and the Liu Xiaobo phenomenon. He published his first book in 1987, Criticism of the Choice. Dialogues with Li Zhe Hao It criticized Confucianism and challenged Li Zhe Hao, another young thinker who was active in similar intellectual circles. In 1988, Liu got his PhD in literature with a thesis entitled Aesthetic and Human Freedom that ended up becoming his second published book. He became a visiting professor at universities all over the world, like Columbia, the University of Oslo, and the University of Hawaii. Early in his career, Liu was a pioneer in thinking on aesthetic freedom which was about how individuals had freedom of taste and belief. He criticized traditional Chinese intellectuals for their stringent rationalism. He furthered the thinking of the new cultural movement, and he was an advocate of westernization and rejected traditional Chinese cultural doctrines. He believed that the Western way of life was more humane than the traditional Chinese way of life, and that his adherence to Western thought was for the sake of humanity, not for nationalism. During his time in New York City, Liu had a revelatory experience at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. He felt that the array of the world cultures that the museum displayed put his education, which had been narrowly focused on Chinese history, to shame. He realized that many different ancient cultures held answers to the questions of philosophy, and not just China or the West as both purported. It made him rethink his entire attitude about westernizing China and decided to stop idealizing Western civilization. He later critiqued his early writings, as being sown with arrogance and sarcasm. The through-line of his thought between these two eras was that he still criticized Chinese nationalism and became a well-known opponent of authoritarianism. After the Berlin Wall fell, Mikhail Gorbachev was going to visit China. The students of Beijing chose this moment to occupy Tiananmen Square because they knew that the world's media would be watching and they could get international attention. They occupied Tiananmen Square in 1989 to fight for democratic changes and the end of party corruption. Tiananmen Square is basically the equivalent of the White House lawn. During the Tiananmen Square protests, Liao was in the United States, but he returned home to be part of the activism. As students occupied Tiananmen Square to challenge the government, he began a hunger strike with three other men, later called the Tiananmen Four Gentlemen Hunger Strike. The strike earned the men the trust of student protesters. From there, Liao took the public stance that both the government and the students should step away from the class struggle, and instead move towards a culture of dialogue and compromise. The authorities shut off media and sent tanks in to disperse the protesters. The elderly of Beijing went to the streets to try and stop the slaughter of students, which led to a temporary standstill. The government ordered the army to continue in, and protesters were run over by tanks, Though the massacre of civilians had already begun, with hundreds of protesters dying when the army intervened, he was able to negotiate an agreement between the students and the army that the students would be able to peacefully exit the square and help prevent a massacre on a much larger scale. The event was quickly censored and is forbidden from being written about in textbooks in China. Just a few days later, Liao was arrested for his role of assistance in the protests and was later expelled from Beijing Normal University. He was accused of manipulating the students to help overthrow the government— He was convicted of counter-revolutionary propaganda and incitement, but wasn't punished because of the meritorious action of helping prevent further bloodshed in the Tiananmen Square massacre. He later wrote about this first stint in prison in a book called The Monologues of a Doomsday Survivor. He said that Tiananmen Square was his turning point from academia into political opposition. All of his books were soon banned in China. Six years later, He tried to launch a petition to get the government to revise their position on the Tiananmen Square protests and begin political reform. But the government refused, and he was once again arrested. Liao was kept under house arrest and surveillance in Beijing for nine months. When he was released, he was free for just nine months before being arrested again for writing the October 10th declaration which advocated for reunification of China and Taiwan. For this, he served three years in a labor camp. Upon his release from the labor camp, he continued writing, but this time, the Chinese government was surveying, his publishing, and tapping his phone lines. His writings during this time concerned his support for multi-party elections, free markets, freedom, separation of powers, and government accountability. He helped draft the Charter 08 Manifesto, which demanded freedom of expression, human rights, and democratic election. It demanded democracy and the end of censorship. This led to his December 2008 arrest for attempting to find signatories for the Charter, which led to his 2009 trial for inciting subversion of state power. He wrote an essay called I Have No Enemies, stating that hatred between people directly contributes to national unrest. He wanted to read it at the trial, but was never given a chance to speak. The essay ended up being read on the ceremony of his 2010 Nobel Peace Prize while he was imprisoned. He was sentenced to 11 years in prison. Human rights organizations, the U.S. Department of State, scholars, and writers all over the world spoke out on behalf of Liu, and called for his release in a statement put out by PEN, an organization that defends free speech and creative expression. The European Union and the United States soon issued appeals for his release, but China responded that the nation should be respectful of China's judicial sovereignty. In 2010, Vaclav Havel, the 14th Dalai Lama, Desmond Tutu, Andre Glucksmann, and several other world leaders, nominated Liu for the Nobel Peace Prize. He was awarded the prize on October 10, 2010, and the ceremony took place today in 2010. He was not released to attend the ceremony, and his place was represented by an empty chair. The ceremony took place in Oslo City Hall. The Nobel Committee officially awarded him the prize for his long and nonviolent struggle for fundamental human rights in China. China put forward backlash. Censoring the news about the award and calling Leo a criminal who did not deserve a prize, his wife was put under house arrest and forbidden to talk to reporters. On June 26, 2017, Leo was released from prison, on medical parole due to liver cancer. The hospital invited cancer experts from all over the world to help treat him. Even with outside help, he died on July 13, 2017. But his impact will be forever. Today, in 2013, Childish Gambino, aka Donald Glover, released Because the Internet through Glassnote Records. It featured guest appearances from Chance the Rapper and Azalea Banks. The album began with four singles, 3005, Crawl, Sweatpants, and Telegraph Ave. Childish Gambino also released a short film and 72-page screenplay to promote the album. It ended up getting a Grammy nomination for Best Rap Album and was certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America. And now for today's final segment, I'm going to be going back into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a December 10th in my life. So yesterday I mentioned that I was in Bristol in the UK for the first time and I was wandering around and kind of taking the day off. I believe I probably saw Frozen 2. But today, December 10th, 2019, I played a show in Bristol and it was probably one of the most interesting venues I've ever played. If I remember correctly, the ground was like a cobblestone street. It seemed like the whole entire place had kind of just been built around a section of old Cobble Street and like, it felt very drafty, but there was something still really cool about it. And I remember I did a really horrible bit in my, my set where I talked about being from California and how there were avocados there. And I try to repress that memory every single night before I go to bed because it's what causes nightmares for me. But anyways, that was what I was up to on December 10th. As we wrap up today's episode, I also just want to wish all of my Jewish listeners a happy first night of Hanukkah. I'm thinking of you during the season of miracles thanks so much for listening i'll see you tomorrow if you please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow along at 365 days mxm tune on your preferred social media platforms it's 365 with mxm tune new facts every day so don't leave too soon i'm gonna teach you stuff no it won't be tough gonna go a year till you've had enough it's 365